I'm not sure if you can see this, but these are cheese puffs. H-E-B cheese puffs to be exact. It's the party size. Uh, if you're just getting to know me, or if you've known me for a little while, you know that I love food. Uh, it's one of my favorite things. If you get our e-newsletter, our, our This Week at Peace email, uh, you know that from Dahlia's, my favorite food is the chicken fried chicken with jalapeno gravy, side of mashed potatoes with jalapeno gravy, and uh, to be a little healthy, uh, a salad with the jalapeno ranch on it. <laughs> uh, it's delicious. But these, as much as I love food, these right here, these would be my kryptonite. Uh, these guys, I could sit and eat the whole bag by myself. Now, this is the party size bag. And uh, to this point, there's this much left. I bought these on Monday. Uh, and I've eaten them all except for a handful that Dave had and a handful that Ann had. Uh, other than that, it's been all me. And the only reason there's some left is because I needed it as a sermon prop today. <laughs> Otherwise, I probably would have eaten the whole bag already. Now, that's not a bad thing that I like these things, other than they're not really healthy for you. Uh, they're not terrible, I guess, but they're not the best. Uh, if you eat a whole bag, that's not healthy for you. And yet, I could eat this whole bag and have no regrets other than I don't have any for tomorrow. <laughs> now compare that with how I feel about broccoli. Uh, broccoli isn't something that I look forward to eating. Never in my life has Anne said, hey, we're having broccoli for dinner, and I just can't wait for dinner. I never finish eating the broccoli and eating dinner and saying, you know what, I'm bummed that we don't have leftover broccoli for tomorrow. I just, broccoli is not good to me. It's funny how the junk food I could eat all day, but when it's something healthy for me, I'd rather not eat or have as little as possible. What are we talking about up here? <laughs> I promise there's a connection, and here it is. This is like our spiritual life, isn't it? We can feast on the spiritual junk food all day, but when it comes to the healthy things of the spiritual life, we rather not feed on it or feed as little as possible on it. Last week I was talking with someone and I said, hey, are you hungry? And he said, well, no, I'm not hungry, but the thing is, I love food and I can always eat. And then he paused a moment and said, I wish I was like that with God's Word. I wish that I would leave church, I would leave Bible study, I would leave my personal devotion time and say, man, that was so good, I can't wait to have more. I think we all kind of wish that too. Last week we looked at uh, worship and how that's the first step in our discipleship process. And, and now today we are looking at this idea of connecting. And we are going to talk about connecting with God and connecting with Others And to do so, uh, we are in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. I'll set the stage for you a little bit. Uh, Jesus died on Good Friday. He rose on Easter morning. Forty days later, He ascended into heaven, where He's now sitting at God's right hand, judging and ruling all the world. Ten days after that, fifty days after He uh, rose from the dead, it was the day of Pentecost. 
the Holy Spirit came and He opened the disciples' eyes so that they could see how Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament. He opened up their minds so that they could understand how Jesus was the fulfillment of everything that God had been saying from the very moment of creation up until that point. And the church loved it. And so here we are, we're at the end of Pentecost. We're in Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Notice, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Why? Because this was God's Word. Remember, they didn't have the New Testament at this time. All they had was the Old Testament. And even at that, it's not like they could go to the store and buy one. Uh, It was all at the temple. And so here, God was opening the minds of the apostles, giving them what to say, giving them insight into God's Word, describing and explaining Scripture. And they loved it. They craved it. They couldn't get enough of it. They devoted themselves to it. To God's Word as it was unfolding. They also devoted themselves to fellowship, joining together with fellow Christians around God's Word and sacraments. They broke bread together. Uh, In this specific context, we're probably talking about the Lord's Supper here, uh, where Jesus comes to us in the bread and wine with His body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Uh, And to prayer. Why? Because this was how they connected with God. And that's your first point this morning. We want to connect and grow in our relationship with God. And that's what we see the first century church doing. They gathered around and devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Why? Can you imagine living your life the majority of your life thinking that you weren't worthy to be in God's presence. Thinking that your sins were too bad. Thinking that you had no choice, uh, but you, you could not come to God. And then you heard of this Jesus guy who took away all your sins. Who washed you clean and now God sees you as a perfect creature. That's what they were finding out. Can you imagine living your whole life with the burden uh, of weight on you as you try to live every day as the best you can in each role, but each day you see over and over again how you fail in each role that you have and you feel the guilt, you feel the weight, you feel the burden. And then you hear of Jesus who's taken all your sins away. He's taken that guilt away. He's taken that burden off of you. This is what they were hearing for the very first time. And they devoted themselves to the teaching because they finally understood they could connect with God at a personal level. They were worthy to come before God because they had been washed clean by Jesus. We want to connect with God as well, don't we? We want to grow in our relationship with Him. Why? Because our faith is living and active. Our faith is never status quo, right? 
Very few times in our life is our faith status quo. It's either living and growing, or it's starving and dying. Our faith is much like our bodies. Our bodies need healthy food, like broccoli and vegetables, uh, healthy meat, to run efficiently and to run well and to grow. Our faith also needs healthy nutrition to grow and to live. But unlike our bodies, our faith doesn't cry out when it's hungry. Our bodies, in, in just a, uh, probably an hour or so, your body's going to start to, uh, we call it growl. Our stomach's going to start to growl. And it's going to start crying out, I need food to keep going. I need food. I'm running out of energy. Our faith doesn't cry out to us when it's starving. And yet it's hungry. It needs to be fed daily. We would never say, well, I ate last week, and so I'm good for the week. No, we feed daily. And the same is true for our faith. We need to connect with God's Word daily, devoting ourselves to the Apostles' teaching. We need that healthy broccoli. And yet, if you're like me, we have every excuse in the world why we can't connect with God on a daily basis. I I think uh, someone told me, you know, we, we, we can read God's Word, And we can see all the reasons why we should be in God's Word, and yet we're more creative sometimes than God because we can come up with more ways as to why we can't be in it. (laughs) One reason I hear all the time is, uh, well, I don't like to read. I don't like to read. And that makes sense. People just aren't naturally readers. Uh, You don't necessarily like to sit down and read a novel. I get it. But do you realize how much reading we do every single day? We read news on our phone. We read people's Facebook statuses. We, we read Twitter feeds. We read uh, about our favorite sports team. We like reading. We like to consume information. And yet we don't like reading God's Word. And so what's the solution? Download a Bible app and have them send you push notifications at least once a day so you can look at your phone and connect with your Lord as you see that Bible verse. Another excuse that I I hear is uh, that I just don't have time. I don't have time. Well, i got a simple solution. As you sit down to eat on your lunch break, read the Bible for 10 minutes while you're you're eating. Connect with your Lord. I remember uh, when the seventh Harry Potter book came out, uh, I was so pumped. I went at midnight, got that book, and I read from midnight until 3 a.m., woke up at 9 a.m. and read until I finished it. Finished it that day. I took just about two breaks, and that was for lunch and for dinner. And yet at the end of the day, I realized I didn't even take time to stop and connect with my Lord because I didn't have time. Uh, And all I was doing was reading Harry Potter. (laughs) But sometimes we can be like that, right? We have time. We just need to sit down and prioritize it. And we want to prioritize it because that's the healthy food that our faith needs. There's one more excuse that I hear. Well, I know that Jesus is my Savior. I know He's my Savior. I heard about it at church on Sunday. Can I just hear about it in church on next week? Again, would you ever say, I had chicken when I was 15 years old, so I don't need chicken the rest of my life. Or I had chicken on Sunday, so I'm going to eat like garbage until next Sunday. 
No. We would never say that. We would never say that. Our faith needs to hear every single day how Jesus is our Savior. How He lived. How He died. How He rose again for us. We need to open up Scripture and see how Jesus cherished God's Word. Isn't that crazy? God Himself cherishing His own Word. God Himself connecting with God as He goes off in prayer. Why did He do that? Have you ever thought of that? Why did God Himself connect in God's Word and connect with God in prayer? Did He need to? No. He's God. Was He doing it it as an example for us? No. This is what we talk about when we say Jesus is our substitute. This is what we mean. As we fail to cherish God's Word, we look and we see how Jesus cherished it for us as our perfect substitute. This is what we mean when Jesus is our perfect Savior, our perfect substitute. He lived perfectly. He cherished God's Word perfectly in our place. And so what does that mean? When God looks down, He doesn't see you and me as people who don't cherish God's Word. Instead, He sees people who do cherish God's Word perfectly. Because we have Jesus' perfect record. And that's what we find in Scripture. That's the healthy nutrition that we need daily. We need to hear daily that He died to take away all of our sins and He rose again. That's the broccoli for our, spirit, for our soul. That's the broccoli for our faith right there. The healthy nutrition that we need. And we connect with God to hear that. But we also connect with others. We want to connect and grow in our relationship with others. Acts chapter 2 continues. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Uh, Did you notice something that's pretty wild? Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Every day they went to church. That's pretty wild. And then what did they do? Afterwards, they broke bread in their homes. They went and had dinner together. Isn't that crazy? Now, I know we could sit here and say, well, yeah, but this is first century people, so they weren't nearly as busy as us 21st century people. But they still had occupations. They still had jobs. There were careers in in the first century. And so they still went to work, and then they were so excited about this message of Jesus that they had to go to the temple. They had to go to church to learn more. And they wanted to spend time with their Christian brothers and sisters. And that's what we want as well. We want to grow not just in God's Word, but we want to grow with our Christian friends. Because there we get encouragement. But can't you just do this on your own? Can't you just read the Bible on your own and grow in God's Word as you read the Bible uh, maybe on your lunch break uh, or in the morning? 
Yeah. But let's look at what King Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. King Solomon, King David's son, said this about Christian friendship. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. King Solomon is talking about Christian friendship. Where there is two Christian friends, look what they get. And then you add the cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Who's that third strand? Jesus. Jesus. Why are Christian friendships so deep, so meaningful? Because when Christ is in that relationship, it's dominated by love and forgiveness. It's dominated by love and forgiveness. As we grow in Christian friendship, what do we get? We get emotional, physical, and spiritual encouragement. We get people who are going to encourage us to fight the good fight of faith. We are going to grow deeper with people who are going to encourage us to fight temptation, to be in God's Word. We're going to have people who mourn with us when there's a tragedy. We're going to have people who celebrate with us when uh, there's things to be celebrated, especially like love and forgiveness. This is what we get in Christian friendship. And this is why we're making a push to start connect groups and get them into people's homes. Because there, in the intimacy of our homes, we can grow in Christian friendship. We can grow together and deepen those relationships together. And you may say, yeah, this would be great. But I can't make it work. I can't take that onto my plate right now. I can't take that spiritual uh, broccoli, so to speak, onto my plate. Because, well... You've got kids. And I get it. I get it. But imagine, imagine what an example you'd be setting for your kids to say, hey, we're going to go to church on Sunday and we are going to get together with our Christian friends during the week at some point to discuss God's Word together. What an example for your kids. Maybe you're thinking, well, the, you know, I'd love to, but the time really doesn't work for me. I'd like it earlier or maybe you'd like it later. That's fine. Tell me what time works for you on what day. I will find other people that that time works as well and we can get together and grow in God's Word together and deepen those relationships. Maybe you don't like to talk. You don't like to open up. That's fine. Come and be an encourager. Praying for somebody. And maybe you don't say a single word at the, at the uh, Connect group, but what you do is you go home and you take your request before the Lord and pray for one another. Are you starting to see why this is spiritual broccoli? We know it would be healthy for us. We know it would be good for us. But we don't exactly look forward to to it. But let me show you something. This is uh, Acts chapter 2 ends with this verse. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Scripture doesn't tell us why other than they preached God's Word and the Holy Spirit worked. Uh, That's what we know for sure. But I think we can draw uh, some assumptions from this. And that is this. What was so attractive about that group? 
They had deep and meaningful relationships dominated by love and forgiveness. What are people looking for today? Deep and meaningful relationships. That's what they're looking for. And that's what you have right here. That's what we have in our connect group. We, we have deep and meaningful relationships around Jesus. And when somebody sees that, they say, I want a relationship like that because I feel alone. How can I become a part of it? And that's when you can say, let me introduce you to my friend. Let me tell you all about my friend Jesus. And you can say how He lived and died for you. How He rose from the dead. How there's nothing that you can do to make God love you more. And there's nothing you can do to make God love you less. And then you can say, this is for you too. This is for you too. You know, when I first... <laughs> when Ann first wanted to start eating broccoli and start eating healthy, I didn't look forward to it. Uh, broccoli was not something that I could... I could do without. But now I actually like eating broccoli uh, because I don't feel like garbage after I eat it. Uh, I feel healthy. I feel lighter. I feel better. And that's how it is with connecting. At first, we won't want to do it. But the more we do it, the more we connect with God's Word and connect with one another, the more we're going to like it because we're going to feel healthier spiritually. And so... As we go forward, we want to connect with God's Word because there we hear of His love and forgiveness. We want to connect with others as we grow in our deep and meaningful relationships dominated by Christ's love and forgiveness. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we praise and thank You that You allow us to come into Your presence. We thank You for wanting to connect with us And so we ask that you motivate us to connect with you. We thank you for our friends and family uh, in Christ. We ask you to please let us connect with them, motivate us to connect with them, that we may grow deeper with one another as we grow deeper in our faith in you. Amen.